Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Hello, hello, hello. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, I'm indeed. I'm bored of saying it already. <laughs> How many emails have you typed with Happy New Year at the Only start Only a couple, already? thankfully. When can we stop doing that? <laughs> yeah. About yeah. March? What's the, yeah, yeah. What's the cut-off date for Happy New Year on email? Anyway, hello, hello. Uh, welcome to the Chelsea. Uh, it's me, again, Andy Saunders, again. Phil Daniels, I think, is still... Well, he's doing something mysterious, acting or something. We don't know where he is, frankly. Um, we do have Kerry Levy, though. Uh, he's on the Costa del Crime and his tax exile still... Uh, did you have a nice Christmas, Kerry? It was great. It really wasn't Christmassy. Good. Excellent. <laughs> Bar humbug. <laughs> no, he means he was sitting on the beach having a barbecue, probably, weren't he? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. It's kind of what it's been like. It's been very pleasant. Not No turkey on Christmas Day. Yeah. Nice. We're, bo- we're, we're bored already. Um, yeah, yeah. We've also got uh, Jeff Young, DJ Jeff Young, regular on the show. Jeff, how Hello are you? There. I'm very good, thank you. Did you spend uh, Christmas and New Year here in the UK? I did indeed. We had the family over Christmas Day and uh, we had a very pleasant time off on New Year's Eve. We went to the Turner exhibition. Did you? How yes, posh. we did. It was. No, it was very Hold good. On, how come you're letting him talk? That's as boring as what I was Because saying. that's interesting. <laughs> An erudite. <laughs> uh, bit like the man himself. Um, yeah. Okay, listen, we've got to crack on. I, I mean, the festivities, we could, talk, we could talk and talk about the festivities, but we have to crack on because we have four games to review uh, and one fairly critical game to preview as well. So let's get stuck right in. We had um, uh, an interesting uh, mixed bag of a Christmas, didn't we? We had um, uh, Four games, uh, if you include the game yesterday. Uh, we came off the back of a decent win at Stoke, uh, which very I went decent. to. Everybody's saying that we're, we're bang on form and playing very well. Boxing Day, uh, we all put our Christmas jumpers on, went down the bridge and saw a, a pretty good performance against West Ham where we beat them 2-0. Absolutely, yeah. I thought uh, the West Ham game was uh, true to form, actually. I thought, you know, we kind of did what we should have done with them and it was still all looking very good. No surprises in the lineup. It was the strongest team, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 You know, Oscar William... Uh, uh, Hazard, Costa up front, Fabregas, Matic, no surprises there, and, and, and we seem to roll them over. I mean, they were on a bit of a, a run, weren't they, West Ham? They've been a, 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 a sort of surprise team this year, um, but they didn't really turn up. No, no, and I think um, 
I think that was probably down to the way that we played the game rather than the way they played it. Um, but I thought the the big positive for me was the Costa goal. It was good to see him get a goal because he's missed a few, not sitters or anything, but a few really decent chances that he might normally put away. And he finally got a very good goal against West Ham. So that was a good positive for the day as well. Made you happy, Kerry? Yeah, I mean, it was... It managed was, to get uh, off the beach in time to see the game? Yeah, well, I managed to uh, go late to a bit, a bit of a do because I wanted to watch it. So, um, no, it was great. It was a proper Boxing Day game, and I thought we were very, very good. Um, one questions whether actually West Ham are in the middle of a dive and actually made us look... It, it's hard to say now, knowing what's happened after the West Ham game, but watching that West Ham game... I thought we did a very good job. We did. Um, it brings us on to uh, so one aspect, really, which is our uh, shooting and our ability to shoot. We had 28 shots in that game, yeah. only nine on target. Well, nine on target. It was probably more than that because probably another 10 got blocked or something. No, nine on target. Okay. All right. Well, I, I've, I've looked at stats like that before and, th- and thought, wow, that's just amazing. How can... It- and just thought, well, it must include shots that got blocked and stuff like this. So it's, it comes under attempts, yeah, really? Well, I think on target means that it would have stood a good should chance have, of should going have hit in the target. The yeah, yeah, and I wouldn't, yeah, you know, yeah. so I think a blocked shot, you know, on the six yard area, that would count as a shot on target. Okay, but, okay. Um, Jeff, Jeff, you have to remember. Andy's in charge now. He he won't <laughs> let you disagree with him or point <laughs> anything out. Don't worry, I don't want to disagree with him. So we got we had two goals. John Terry obviously you know scored the first, and then we had as you say Diego Costa scored the second one. I mean, should we be scoring more goals when we put in performances like that? Well, I think we should definitely be scoring more goals, and it's a little bit of a frustration, you know. Until Costa got the second goal, I wasn't really nervous, but it was just that whole thing with us about until we get the second goal. There's always this chance that someone can you know it goes back to again man you man city you know all this sort of business and we really should be scoring with the number of opportunities that we make but there are you know people are beginning to say are we getting a bit arsenal-esque in that we want to walk the ball into the net will nobody shoot from distance now and then of course willian did it yesterday Mm. so uh, yeah i think there is a there is something about the way we're creating chances and, and a reason why maybe we're not putting them away. OK, well, that brings us on nicely to the next game, which was on the 28th of December against Southampton away yeah. down at St Mary's Stadium, which was a one-all draw. And that really was a classic case of, of not putting our chances away, wasn't well, it? Really? Well, to me, it was Sunderland revisited. Yeah. Although we made chances where we didn't really make them at Sunderland, and again, we couldn't put them away. 61% possession. Yes, well, I'm never worried about possession. Well, 61% possession. We had nine shots on goal, only one on target. Only one on target. Yeah, and that was obviously Eden's goal. Great goal, lovely goal, right on the stroke of half-time. Seemed to set us up very nicely. Yeah, that was a bit of a fuke or blimey moment for me. I thought, well, that's it, now we can crack on. And it looked like we were going to crack on. Um, We all know about the Fabregas business, but we we still should have been able to kick on and beaten Southampton. Really, what it what it what it also showed. We'll come to you in a minute, Kerry. But what it, what it really showed, I think, was the first goal that was scored, the Southampton goal by Mane, just nipping in ball over the top. Yeah, that's become a bit of an issue, isn't it, with the with the back four? You know, yeah. which we'll come on and talk about in some of the other games. But but runners runners beyond ball over the top, pace in the back four, an issue. Um, well, when we get caught like that, yeah, obviously. I mean, that's the one big worry about John. If he gets caught like that, someone's going to run past him. There's absolutely no doubt about that. And to be honest with you, I don't know if Gary's that quick either. 
No. And, uh, and I mean, the boy took his goal well. It was a lovely finish. I mean, I haven't been particularly impressed with him for Southampton. He's a bit of a fancy damn player, this man kid. But he, he did yeah. well. He's a skillful player. And, you know, we, we are susceptible to a little bit of pace up front. Yeah, yeah, we are. And, um, you know, it was interesting that, you know, Dave got a bit caught out yesterday as well, a few times, which I know we're going to come on to. But there, was, there, there were other issues for me about Southampton and West Ham. And I, I began to notice this against West Ham. And I'm, I've got a bit of a dichotomy about it. And this is, it's our boy, Willian. I'm beginning to think that he runs around a lot. He's got massive commitment and bundles of energy. And it makes, it look, us re- it makes us look really busy when we're attacking. But there doesn't seem to be an end result for me. Well, we've said that a lot, Jeff, to be honest, on yeah. the podcast. You know, uh, we, and I've been have... thinking about it. And I was just beginning to think, oh, you know what? It'd be good if he just gave, gave Schurler a game. So Schurler gets a start at Southampton. And it seems as though his instructions are, if you leave the touchline, you will be shot at halftime. So... The guy doesn't seem to get in the game. Uh, he then tragically, of course, gets pulled off. On comes Willian, who seems to be able to run off around and do whatever he wants, where he wants. Mm. And, I'm, and I'm not really sure what's going on here, because earlier on in the season, he played Schurler a couple of times and obviously gave him that licence to go and do bits and pieces wherever he wants, like particularly in the Carling Cup games and stuff. And he was absolutely fantastic. Well, to be fair, he came on yesterday, which we'll come and talk about, yeah. w- with licence to do what he wanted, and was utterly abject uh, and well, got pulled off again. Yeah, I didn't see all of that yesterday, so I was going to no. actually ask how was he played Well, we'll yesterday. come on to it, because that is yeah. interesting, because a lot of people didn't see the game, and because normally we can find it on a dodgy internet feed somewhere, but nobody could find it. Yeah. There was no broadcast of the game, so the only thing you could see, if you weren't at the game, well, highlights on Highlights, yeah, which showed nothing. So yeah. we'll talk about Schurler. But sh- yeah. as you say, he made three changes for the Southampton game. He brought in Luis, uh, Schurler and Mikel. Yeah. They all came in. Um, you know, again, Schurler looks like a player hugely low on confidence at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not sure about... I, can, I think I'm beginning now to see I mean, you were why. never a massive fan of Schurler to start well, with, no, famously. I, no, I wasn't. But I began to really quite like him. But th- there is... Again, I've been discussing this with my friends, you know, in the same way that we've been talking about Willian, I've been talking about Schurler. And this bloke is either running around like he's got a rocket up his ass, or he's absolutely shocking. And people talk about the Fulham game away last year where in yeah. the first half it was just like, please, get him off and he comes out and scores a hat-trick in the second half yeah or Stoke when we went up to Stoke and he banged in two goals yeah. in the first half yeah, yeah. absolutely and um, in a game that we lost yeah well that's another story but yeah I mean he's it's it's a bit of a yeah I've just got all kinds of different thoughts um about the two players in, in particular. And again, it's a pity we, you, you can't actually sit down with another professional and go, so come on then, tell me what it is about Willian. Mm. Why, why, you know, why well, do lacks, we have all this running around? And you know, He lacks an end product. I mean, I think, yeah. I think uh, Mourinho likes the fact that he's busy. He likes yeah. the fact that he tracks, that he breaks play up, that, he, you know, that, that he's quick and that he, you know, he gets back and, yeah. and covers. He likes all that element of it. And he'd be a hell of a player if he had a... Well, he had, a, he had an end product yesterday. He had a brilliant yeah, end product. Well, it was interesting as well. One of the never, uh, the, uh, not Phil, but uh, Gary. Gary, uh, sorry, no, Phil. Phil was on Match of the Day last night, and he was extolling the virtues of Willian, saying how great he is, what his commitment is, la la la. So he was liking a fellow professional, if you like. So. Well, he brings a lot to the team. I think. I think we get frustrated by the fact that he gets himself into brilliant positions. What do you think, Kerry? We've left you hanging out there in the Costa del Crime. Um, I think. I think Willian is everything Mourinho loves in a player. I'm actually surprised that Scherler doesn't seem to match up to the same criteria. But William gets chance after chance because he does something that 
confuses other teams. Up until that final third, I mean, he's mesmerising. I mean, he is unbelievably quick-footed. But at the when he if he gets what I think Mourinho tries to do is get him to give the ball away before he gets to the penalty area. Because as soon as he sees that box, he becomes clueless. Whereas everywhere else in the pitch, he knows what's going on and he's really good at linking up play. He's great at running directly to open up that space beyond the midfield. But once he's at the box, you know, it, it's tragic that a man with that much talent can't work out what to do when he gets into the final third. He seems to be able to score the 25-yard 25 25-yard 25 screamer or the 6-yard tap-in and nothing else. Nothing in between. You know, either the Liverpool kind of, you know, on the literally on the goal line tap-in or the as yesterday 20-yard screamer. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe you should unleash a few of those a, a bit more. The, the other thing that came out of um the Southampton game for me is that I, I'm beginning to see why um Mourinho prefers Dave at left back than uh, Luis. I'm not I'm not really sure he's the full shilling. I think he lacks a little bit of upper body strength for me. I mean, I think yesterday okay. was very evident um, against players like Troy Deeney, championship lumps, you know, that yeah. he, he can get steamrolled. He's, he's, he's a little bit lightweight in the defence, but I think he's got a really good football brain. I think he's, he's really good positionally. I think he gives us a lot moving forward, but I think he's a little bit lightweight. Mm. And when you compare the athleticism of Dave... And yeah. the, you know, the strength and the and the heart of Dave uh, compared to Luis, there's a, there's a little bit to go. But I yeah. think if he works on his upper body strength and he gets used to the Premiership, I think we give him we give him a little bit longer because I think he's a class act. So do we think twenty minutes from the end of the Southampton game we should have been doing something different because we never seem to? It's an interesting point, isn't it, about you know whether you should change the system. I mean, what's interesting about yesterday, and I know we keep flip-flopping back and forth between games, but you know, yesterday when he went almost four-three-three at the end, when he had Drogba, Remy, and uh, and, and Costa, Costa on, you know, and he really he really went into full attack mode on four-three-three, and he seemed to keep very rigidly to that four-two-three-one in the in the league games, doesn't he? And I think that's an interesting point about how do you change it? How do you put more attacking threat on the pitch uh, yeah. without compromising what you've got at the back? And this whole thing of him. Seemingly to pre- uh, preferring Drogba to Remy, I'm not sure. Well, yeah, I had, I com- I had a conversation with Kerry about this this morning, didn't we, Kerry? And, and, and yeah. my th- my thought on that is because he prefers four two three one. He likes playing with a lone striker. I don't think that Remy. You could honestly say that Remy carries a lot of presence on the pitch. And I think that if you are a lone striker in that system, you've got to have some presence. Remy's very good where he's playing off someone else. Uh, when he's playing as part of a two or a three, as it was yesterday. Well, when playing... he's being a thief, isn't he? When he sort of suddenly is there and he just puts the ball in. Yeah, but in the, but but my point being that playing as a lone striker, I don't think I don't think no. Mourinho sees him seeing sees him as a starting lone striker. No, maybe I not starting lone striker. But I think with our passing game, I think he's su- he's better suited to this quick fire pass, 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 pass on the edge of the box business well, than Drogba is. Six starts, four goals. I mean, you can't yeah, I know, I know. I, I mean, know. maybe maybe you could argue that his goals come in games that are already won, or, or games that you know, games that you know, he comes on towards the end of a game. I don't know. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of lot of this about looks, that. He He's a class act. He looks very clinical to me. Yeah, yeah. I but think you so. know, give him a sight of goal, and you know, he uh, he he really will take care of things. I, I, I like him a lot. I'd love to see him get more of a chance, and and I think I think Jeff's hit a very interesting point on the head that sometimes with twenty minutes or to go, bring on Remy. And and to be fair, Mourinho does do it a bit more than we possibly give him credit for. But by that time, another team is quite well capable of of sticking everyone behind the ball. And in some ways, the moment's gone. You you sometimes want to see us do things 
you know, a bit earlier in games to really be proactive. I think, I, yeah, I think, I think it's important to note as well that Mourinho likes strikers that bring other people into the game. What you can say yes. about Didier Drogba, he's got no pace left, but he does bring other people into the game. Holds the ball up, lays it off. Um, same with Costa. Remy, that's not Remy's game. Remy runs at people. Um, and really, unless you're playing the right system with Remy, it's very difficult to fit him in. But I agree. I think sometimes as a plan B, as a wild card, if we're not winning, or in a game like Southampton where we are struggling to create, um, you know, struggling to create, you know, some goal-scoring opportunities. Maybe he's the wild card that you bring on. I do think he'll play a lot more as the season goes on. Yeah, I hope so. I think he's done himself no favor, no, no, no harm at all. Every time he's come on. Yeah, no, 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 that's all good. So that's Southampton. Let's come on to New Year's Day. Yes. Um, we have a, a producer today who's a Tottenham fan, so he's sitting there with a big he's smile. He's sitting there with a big grin on his face. Yeah. Um, so we'll ignore that. We'll try not to look at him. Um, uh, a five-three defeat. Um, I think it ruined can all of us. Can we just move on to the Watford game? Why? We, we could we, we could do. <laughs> no, we could think, do, but I think we've got to face this one square in the face. Let's talk yeah. firstly about the team. Uh, William, Oscar and Azpilicueta back in the team uh, for New Year's Day. Uh, we scored first. Costa got a goal. I thought we had a 20-minute period in the first half where we looked like we were going to just go on and, and, and do the business. We had a great chance of a second goal as well, didn't we? Apart from the penalty shout, which I personally think was a pen. I, I didn't think it was, no, either, no, frankly. I thought that was... Could have been. Seen him given, as they say. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then we conceded three goals in 15 minutes, just before half-time. You know, we really did fall to pieces, didn't we? Yeah. And what was that down to? Well... Well... I, I think can't... it was down to the fact that our defence... Uh, got very cold feet for the first time this season. We've had occasions where people have had a go at us and have either missed or it's been saved or it hasn't quite worked out. You think of chances for Burnley, for Leicester. It's been coming a long time. The fact that we get flat-footed sometimes in in our defence, especially in the middle, and we've got away with it quite a few times. And I think it was a moment of realisation for that defence that we weren't the best defence in the league that we do have major problems if people come at us in certain ways. And if they actually get it together, teams can score. And I think it's one of those classic cases where a team just fell apart for 15 minutes. Well, it's, it, it's interesting that you should put it like that, because one of the things I was going to say is you don't want this to happen too often. But I don't mind a game like the Tottenham game every now and again, because it shows your shortcomings. And hopefully you can then do something about it. And I think... People are now beginning to say, "Okay, listen, we know John Terry hasn't got much longer. And when you see the way that Cahill defended badly for the penalty, you're beginning to think, "Okay, do we have another world class centre half? And we and I think we need one. Well, I I assume is still a bit young. I think he's I think he's looking very good so far. Uh, but what is he, 19? He's got a good few years to get himself together. Well, let me, let me just say this. We do have the best defence in the league. There's absolutely no oh, doubt no. about well, it. Well, we do, but... You know, uh, we on, had one okay. game against about Stonewall where everybody is now sort of, you know, bashing their heads and, and wailing and gnashing their teeth about one game where we conceded five goals. Let's not forget, I'm not putting all the blame on this in the back four. I thought Matic had an absolute shocker. I thought Fabregas gave us absolutely nothing defensively. I thought they were all over the place. The point of the system that we play is that we play a fairly high line with two insurance players... Those insurance players weren't there. Yes, Ivanovic was poor. Yes, Cahill was poor. But we are not the, the shocking defence that somebody says we are. Let no. me give you some stats. 
Let me let me give you some stats. You're going to give on, me some stats aren't on you? on our defence, just to okay. calm everybody down on this. Yeah, We've down. played 29 games in all competitions this year. We've conceded 20 goals. Yeah. That's 0.68 goals a game. Of those goals, seven, that's over a third of the goals, were conceded in three games. The 6-3 win at Everton, the 4-2 at Swansea, and the 2-0 loss at Newcastle. 2-1 at Newcastle. Sorry, 2-1 at Newcastle. 13 of those 29 games have been clean sheets. And on the 13 remaining games, we only conceded one goal. And in the league at home, we've conceded three goals in nine games. And away from home... We've conceded 16 in 11, which is 1.45. Um, we've dropped 14 points away from home with two losses and two draws. So the, the problems are away from home. Oh, but yeah, if you I look, was going to make a point about that, actually. If you look at, that, at, at, one, at those stats I've just given you, that's not a bad defence. No, it's not a bad defence, but it, but it doesn't stop the point being made that the defence could still be even better. But then you made, you made the point about Cahill and, and, oh, and, the, and the penalty, and then you were suddenly jumping into Zuma. I mean, we were all panicking no, no, about no, no, Cahill. No, no. All I was saying is that Terry hasn't got long. Is Gary as good as he needs to be? We've got Zuma coming. Do we? Do, should we be looking at getting another world-class centre-half? That's Absolutely. what I'm saying. Absolutely. And I think we're I'm, actually... I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not suddenly saying... You know, sell Cahill, you know, sack the manager. You know, it's not stuff like that. It's just like a game like that suddenly shows you some some things that you're not going to see when you're playing Watford. Has, has Gary Goh had a great season? I don't think he has. Not by his high standards. No, I think he's had a couple of, couple of games where he's been shown up pretty badly, to be honest. Is he still in the top three or five defenders in the Premier League? Absolutely. You know, yeah, is, I would say am so. Am I yeah. comfortable still ha- having in the middle yeah. of my defence? Absolutely. If you looked at social media this week and, and some of the Chelsea fans' comments about Gary Cahill uh, uh, and some of the wailing and gnashing of teeth about our... You'd think we were, you know, Burnley or QPR the oh, way yeah, we defended. Yeah. It's yeah. ridiculous, the overreaction to it. Can I, can I say something? Please you know, do. It's, it's very interesting, this centre-half discussion. This is coming off the back of the week where... We're told that JT is the most wonderful thing. He's having the most wonderful season. Of course, he's going to get a new contract. Everything is all about how good JT has been. Do we not think that perhaps Gary Cahill is having to do a little bit more work than he should do actually help JT out of trouble at times. I think, I think that's a very, very good point. I think JT has, has escaped a lot of criticism this year because of um, the focus on, on Cahill and Ivanovic. You know, John Terry's pace has gone. John Terry still reads the game brilliantly. John Terry is still a wonderful, wonderful player, and I'm, I'm absolutely, you know, 100% pleased that he's our captain in the middle of our defence. But he's got to share some of the blame's probably not the word, but some of the responsibility for, yeah. for the way that we're defending at the moment. You know, we are putting a lot of responsibility on those two centre backs to, you know, to, to, to cover. And when we had Carvalho and Terry, Carvalho was the pace. And when we, you know, we've always had one pacey attacker, one, you know, one strong brick wall attacker and now we've got two brick wall attackers and very little pace and maybe it is time to start thinking as you say Jeff about how we how we do that in the future you see you made a point earlier on about how Matic and Fabregas uh, contrived to have a nightmare between them when we played Spurs well I think take away the protection and it did show the fact that maybe we still need to be looking at the two centre-halves see what I mean Okay, here's an idea. I I agree with what everyone's saying about Zuma. 
he looks to me as though I remember him in pre-season and Andy and I were talking about this earlier. In pre-season, he looked like, oh, I'm not sure about him. He's got better. OK, he's only played certain types of games. I don't think he's quite ready yet. What if we actually did something like put Ivanovic into centre-half instead of JT? Could that work? What, you mean put him in his real position where we bought him yeah. for? <laughs> yes, yeah, so don't be ridiculous. We don't do that. He needs to be at right-back. If he wanted to put Azpilicueta at right-back. Yeah. Idiot. I, well, that was my next point. Go on. No, well, I mean, I, I really do think it's interesting how Ivanovic, because he's so, you know, marauding over the halfway line, and that ball we play out from Courtois to high to Ivanovic on the wing to win a header all the time. It's the most used ball we have. You know, it seems to just cover up an awful lot of things whereby he gets sucked in so narrow all the time. And I know, Andy, you think that the way Mourinho likes it is for the fullbacks to come in tight to the centre-halves. I think we're seeing why it doesn't work at times especially with teams who've got genuine pace. You can't play that narrow. And I think that's where Ivanovic gets caught out. I'm certain that's where Luis gets caught out. And when they go down the middle and go inside the channels over the top, JT gets caught out and Cahill's having to bail him out. You can play that system. You can play that narrow back four system if you've got pace because it's all about shuffling over. You shuffle over, I'm you talking shuffle about back. That, yeah. I'm talking about those four players. No, I know. You're right. You're absolutely right. But I'm, what I'm saying is you can't play that system, the really narrow system, because you're always going to get overloaded at the back post. And if you don't have pace, you're going to get caught out, especially if you haven't got tracking wide players or if your uh, two holding midfield players, Matic and Fabregas, don't do their jobs. I think what it also highlighted even though he had that, how important Matic is and, and oh, how yeah. important no. it is that he has a good game. Absolutely. I, I mean, again, I'm, I, I want to make it clear, you know, I'm not getting involved in mass panic. Um, no. I'm just making the point that, you know, you get a game like the Tottenham game and it just shows up a few things that are there when you don't play, when you're not playing a team like Watford. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not worried about the future or anything like that. I just think that, mm, OK... I mean, particularly in the Champions League, you know, you start playing proper teams, you know, quarterfinal onwards or whatever. You can't have games like that. No. Against, like the one against Spurs. You can't. And, and, you know, going back to something you mentioned earlier on, it's our away form that's been our problem. You know, the games at Sunderland and Southampton were similar in, in that we played OK, but we couldn't seem to you know, get the ball in the onion bag or whatever. And then Newcastle was a bit of a nightmare. Spurs was a bit of a nightmare. You know, the whole 1-0 to the Chelsea till the last couple of minutes was the Manchester nightmare. Um, but, you know, we're, we're still in pretty good shape. It's going to be interesting to see what happens to City in January without Toure. I know they're all talking about Lampard. But you know what? We're still in great shape. We've, um, we've only got to go to Arsenal and... Uh, one other halfway decent side away because we've done all the others away already and we've got a good run in and I think I think we're I'm still fairly confident we can um yeah. we can win the league no need to panic everybody calm down yeah. just one thing on our attack because a lot of people are, you know including me have said oh we don't put the ball in the net we don't kill people off a couple more stats for you uh, in the league we scored exactly the same amount of goals at home as we have away which is 22 although we have played two more away games um and only Southampton have scored more goals at home 
than we have, and only City have scored more goals away than we have. So again, no need for crisis, no need for us yeah, to panic. We're not scoring, but we are. But we are. <laughs> so I mean, a lot of this, a, a lot of this, you know. And I'm, I'm also, you know, somebody that sits in front of the TV, going, "Why aren't we converting these chances? Why aren't we killing teams off?" Yeah, we are top of the league, albeit alphabetically. We are scoring goals. We aren't letting them in. You know, we are a pretty good team, and everybody just needs to calm down and just realise that there are another 18 games left you know yeah. of which a lot of those are very winnable and Manchester City who it seems are going to be our big rivals moving forward have got a lot of very difficult games to come yeah they've got a few in the next couple of, the couple in the uh, next couple of weeks including so. us yeah at yeah. home at home indeed right let's move on and talk about uh, the game yesterday um, where we sort of bounced back in some ways we did make eight changes to the team. It was yes. a really interesting team, I thought. Um, we bought in uh, uh, Czech, Luis, Zuma, Ramirez, Mikel, Scherler, Remy, Drogba. It's funny when you say make changes, and then when you say who it is, it sounds like a normal team almost. Yeah, it was a strong team though, wasn't mm. it? Yeah. Uh, were you surprised not to see any kids? Uh, no, possibly not. I mean, if we'd have trounced Southampton and Spurs... Maybe we might have seen a couple of kids, but I think, I think he he now needs to because this because the normal, what I'm calling first team is almost so rigid. He needs to give those squad boys a game. Yeah, wasn't an easy game yesterday, was it? And one stat, one stat for you: we only had fifty-one percent of the possession. Well, that's evens, really, isn't it? That's what I mean. So yeah. it wasn't a walkover. I mean, 3 0, no. I thought, flattered us. After... Well, I think that's why he changed it at half time. I think he got yeah. really fed up, didn't he? 60 minutes. We, it was a bit of a struggle for 60 minutes, wasn't it? And then we sort yeah. of took off and, and managed to, you know, to bang in the three goals. Yeah. What did you think, Kerry? You didn't manage to, to access the game, presumably. You had to listen to it on good old fashioned radio, presumably. Yeah, I did. And, um, you know, it was quite interesting because it was uh, Chelsea TV. So it was, you would expect it to be slightly homogenised, but. There was also it was quite interesting because they were actually talking quite openly about how poor Sherla was, how poor Oscar was, um, how we were really getting nowhere, you know, huffing and puffing and not getting it together in that first half. And then the, the changes seemed to make a bit of a difference in the second half. Um, I, I, I would think that Mourinho will be as happy as Larry to have got that one out of the way. On paper, it looks like a nice three nil win. And it was a nice, comfortable afternoon's work. But from what I could tell from the radio, it was anything but that. No, certainly the first half, I thought they certainly gave us a game. Um, I didn't feel they were going to score. Um, they didn't, you know, they didn't have a, a you know a huge amount of a threat going forward. Um, but I was getting increasingly worried about our ability to put the ball in the net. Um, <laughs> but we had sixteen shots. Uh, only six on target again, shooting accuracy of fifty percent, which isn't good enough. Um, you know, especially when you got players like you know Scherler on the pitch and and uh, well, you know, Drogba and yeah. all of them can. You know, we didn't have Hazard, we didn't have uh, Fabregas, and, and and certainly that little creative spark looked like it was missing yesterday. We weren't able to get our foot on the ball with time and space and pick it out. It was a lot Andy. of ball, a lot of balls over the top, lot lot of um, a lot of direct football, which I'm I'm, I'm not adverse to, um, but it really didn't pay dividends until William and, and Costa. Came on and, and just Andy, they, yeah. Go on. Question for you. Yeah. Um, what do you think of Oscar at the moment? If <laughs> Phil was sitting in the chair right now, I think he'd be probably a little smart on. <laughs> I think yeah. I, I think he's dipped a little bit. I think he certainly dipped a little bit. I, I, he looks, did this same time last year. Yeah, he, he looks. He, he, he's not. Yeah, he looks a little. He was invisible yesterday. 
Absolutely invisible. And, um, you know, it, w- it was, you know, sort of interesting in the last couple of games. He hasn't really had a, a huge impact. He's been quite, I think he's been quietly effective in some games. Yeah, I mean, I've noticed him do a few good things um, in, in some of the games. Yeah, I didn't think he was, he's been that bad. No. He certainly, it certainly would slap that fill down if he started to have a pop, to be honest. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, I thought what was interesting yesterday, and, and a really good thing, I mean, I know it's only Watford, I know they're a championship but team, but Kurt Zuma was absolutely immense. He was brilliant, didn't put a foot wrong. His decision-making, his positioning, his tackling, his goal, yeah. everything about him just showed that this is a boy that's got huge potential, and I could absolutely see yesterday, watching that game, why we've bought him. He's a really, really good player. Was he, was he slightly more adventurous yesterday? A little bit, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, he was still a centre-back. He wasn't marauding for David Luiz style, but... He, you know, no. he, he certainly no, got the, himself up the, in the box for the only you know, reason. The only reason I say that is, I think I can't remember which game it was, but he, he you know, either came on as a sub or he was picked in, in another game in recent memory. And um, I remember thinking, whenever he got the ball, he passed it to a blue shirt that didn't have another player near him for twenty yards. One of their players. It was like. Okay, I've got the ball. I'm not going to give it away. I'm definitely going to give it to someone who's, who's going to be one of ours. I'm not going to put anybody at risk. And he was so super, super safe. God bless him. So, yeah, I, I mean, he obviously, one... as he grows, he's going to get more confident. No, he had one moment yesterday where he picked the ball up on the halfway line and just hit the space and got to about the edge of the 18 yard box. Um, you know, he is, you know, he's a tank. Yeah. And there was one moment, I think, where one of their, I can't remember which player it was, sort of burst through and about sort of five or six yards into our half, just took the goal. Out. took the ball but yeah. the guy just went flying and it was just like you're not coming past me yeah. and he was brilliant um, I'm not sure how much pace he's got I'm not sure whether that answers that particular question but you know one for the future you know a, a high class thoughtful intelligent centre back he definitely is he's yeah. raw he's still raw and it was only Watford and the teams that we're, you know, we're seeing him playing you know, they're not the super super team so you know, yet mm. to be seen but, but every, every time he plays he enhances his reputation for me but you've got to believe he's, Wait, tra- you've got to believe he's training with the first team every day oh I think he is yeah, I think he's so very much part that's of the squad be, that's going to be helping him yeah, um, I thought, uh, you know, we've already talked about, unfortunately, how Sherla just seems to have yeah, not been able yeah. to do it at the moment. Um, let's talk about Mikel, because Mikel looked like he is, you know, has been on the sidelines at the beginning of the season, becoming, seems becoming a more and more important part of the squad. I can't say anything bad about Mikel at the moment. I think he comes on and he does a job, and he gets a lot of stick for it and a lot of criticism from people that don't understand football. Okay, uh- I how, how can I put this? I just I is just, that what you he's talking about, Jeff? Yeah, yeah. I, I just feel we're not as effective and as not not as creative and not as adventurous when Mikel is on the pitch. Whereas want- whereas Matic will pick the ball up and go forward, Mikel picks the ball up and goes sideways. Right, but and, what, and, do we have to but, be adventurous in defen- every game? No, 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 no. But his his I, I don't have a problem with him. I just feel that we're not the same side with him bringing the ball out from the back. That's 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 it. I, I'm not saying we're a, a worse side or whatever. I just don't think we're the same side with Mikel. I just think it's all a bit not negative, but just yeah, I don't know. So you you want it, us to pick the ball up and run at them every game? No, 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 no. You, I'm but not what's saying the point? that. You I mean, know I'm not saying Well, I don't know what you're saying, because that's what everybody okay. says. Everybody yeah. says he's a negative player. He plays the ball sideways. What do you mean by that? He brings the ball out and mm-hmm. he plays it sideways. Well, what's wrong with that? 
nothing. But sometimes you look up and you think, go forward. Right. Take the ball forward. Like, he, he hardly ever makes a forward pass. I'll tell you what, I always remember the game when we played away at Wigan and he was in the centre circle and he played the most amazing long ball out to the right wing, straight onto Drogba's foot, 40 yards away. Drogba cut inside and smashed the ball in. And when they were all celebrating, you could tell it was a massive in-joke that he'd even played a forward pass, let alone a 40-yard forward pass. And they were all laughing and saying, look, the boy can do it. So why he does it? I'm not suggesting he do that every time, of course. But I'm just, I just don't think we're the same... We don't have the same fluidity when he's in the side. I just think it just comes to a stop a little bit when he's on the ball. That's it. I'm not saying he can't defend, he can't pass, but I'm just saying it just goes a bit sideways when Mikel is in the side. Again, I'm not having a pop at the blow. It's like... Sounds like it. No, no. <laughs> I'm just saying it's not the same. That's it's all an I'm opinion. Saying. Kerry, what do you think? Oh, for me, I think... I think um... I think you've both got a, a, an interesting point, and I think you're both right, actually. Oh, get off the um, fence. <laughs> sorry? Get off the fence. And off the beach. No, no I'm not going to be on the fence. I think I think Mikel is a certain game player. Yeah, I and do I as well. What, what I mean, and, and you see this this season with Mourinho. Mikel, he gets a little run, but you actually look at the games and you see why he's being used. Then he disappears. You know, I, I think Mourinho uses him when he feels it's the right time. I think he gives us a more defensive solidity, which I'm afraid does take away from the fluidity going forward. Um, we wouldn't I, have conceded five goals against Tottenham if Matic, Matic and Mikel were sitting in the middle. Well, uh, Kerry, yeah, I, I, agree. Kerry yeah. I agree with you there. I absolutely agree. And, and I think it's, it's the games where we need a little bit more defensive uh, protection that it becomes him and Matic. Interesting to see Ramirez come back into the team yesterday because Ramirez was asked to do a lot of that work yesterday and did it well. Did it? Yeah, he has. And uh, but he did. He did a. He did a very good job yesterday in terms of um, his defensive duties and in terms of picking the ball up and gave the team the the dynamic, um, you know, sort of midfield running that you're talking about. I just think. And we don't want to dwell on this because it's something we've dwelled on a lot. I just think that the the the, the sideward passing, whatever you want to call it, that's part of his game, and and that sometimes that is you, his game. Well, and sometimes you have to slow the game up. Sometimes you have to create time and space to be able to start those moves. And people that boo Mikel for passing it back or passing it sideways are morons. And that's all I'm going to say on the on the, on the thing. <laughs> And talking of morons, Kerry, what are you say, doing? That must be your cue, Andy. Talking of morons, can we talk about Frank Lampard for the last five minutes? All these morons on social media who are using words like traitor and splitter and, and tarnishing the reputation and the legacy of Frank Lampard because he scored a goal on Saturday. This whole thing about Frank Lampard has got to stop. Grow up and shut up. Frank Lampard has done more for this club than any of you haters uh, have ever done and the more you go on about Frank Lampard being uh, dishonest and, and traitorous for leaving us and, and going to Manchester City the more stupid you look and I've been wanting to say that since Saturday because I'm sick to death of it grow up Whew. <laughs> this has been the Chelsea podcast <laughs> I'm right though aren't I yeah I think I think a lot of people are looking at what he's doing at City and but and, for sentimental reasons almost, are still wishing he was doing it for us. But 
the way that we play now, I don't, it, you know, that's why he's gone. Mourinho knew what he was going to do and he knew that it, there wasn't going to be room for Frank. But Frank is a great player. Unfortunately, of all places, he's pitched up at bloody Manchester City. And he's now doing the great job that he used to do for us for them. Exactly. Um, we because of the way go. Because the way they play. Yeah, but do you know what? Is. Do you, but do you, this is the thing that I'm intrigued about. Do you really think, yes, we let him go? And although Frank was always going to go to New York or Miami or wherever, do you, do you think him and Cutner actually sat there and, and said, yeah, what we're going to do, we're going to go and join the MLS team owned by Man City and we're going to get six months in Manchester. Do you think, do you think they thought that out or no. do you think, no, I don't either. It didn't happen I, like that. I, I, and all I, these people I, that are putting together conspiracy theories saying that this was the plan all along are morons. Yeah, I don't think so. What happened was he signed for a team whose league doesn't start until January. He had two options. Sit on your hands yeah. for six months. And then the owners said, how about you do, how exactly. about you keep fit in Manchester for six months? And he's probably thought, yeah, that's not a bad idea. I don't have to uprate my kids. I don't no, have to uproot my wife, no. my, my girlfriend. And he's probably not thinking he's going to be playing that much and scoring loads and helping them keep up with us. And doing what, as you say, he's very, very good at and did for us yeah. over 200 times. I mean, Honestly. you know, he dug him out. He kept him in the FA Cup on Saturday well, or whenever you know, it was, Sunday, I don't know. You know, these absolute moron so-called Chelsea fans. You know what? Do one. Yeah. You know what? I, I just have my quick say is that we could have kept him if we'd really wanted him. Jose didn't want him in the team. That's the end of the story. We had the option to take him on for another year. We chose not to, irrespective of how much he wanted, whether we did, we didn't. It doesn't matter. We let him go. He it went was- off and did something. If he chose to work out, oh, I could play this amount of time for City and then go to America, good luck to him. Because you know what? He's a professional footballer. Your career doesn't last very long. And as a footballer, you really want to be kicking a ball for as long as you possibly can. So all I say is, there you go. Frank is always going to be one of our legends. I'm always going to love him. And if he scores for them, so be it. There is a, there is a uh, feeling as well that possibly because he's on 200k a week or something, it kind of helped him think, oh, you know what, I'll do a few weeks of City. Um, and it might, it might be interesting to see what happens to Steven Gerrard now. Yeah. You know, Gerrard is off to the MLS, we're told, by him. Um, but who knows? I, I'll never play for another team apart from Liverpool. But you know what? If all of a sudden Manchester City come along again, so... Fancy six months at 200 grand a week playing for us. You never know. You know what? You never, never know, dear. You? you never know. Okay, we've got a game coming up on Saturday against Newcastle at Stamford Bridge. Some would say a critical game in, in the league. Managerless Newcastle, a bit rudderless at the moment. We need to go and put a marker in the ground on Saturday, don't we? Yeah, I think we will. I think, you know, we don't seem to have too many problems at home. And uh, Newcastle apparently were pretty poor at Leicester, although it was the FA Cup and they have just lost um, the manager. Um, so, yeah, I, I think we should be able to reverse the, the uh, St. James's Park result. Got a prediction for us? Uh, yeah, I reckon 2-0, actually. OK. Kerry, what do you think about Saturday? 6-0. OK. Any thoughts on the game, apart from your ludicrous prediction? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I, I, th- I think it, I think it'll be a it, Newcastle's always a funny game for us, you know. Away, it's always nervy, and often we lose. At home, it's always one that ends up as a draw. But I think we'll come out of this one. I th- I think we'll we'll get a, a 
3-0, I think, in the end. I was going to say, I, I would also go for... T- I think two, but I think three's definitely on the cards as well. I think I'll agree. I think I'm going to go 3-0 as well. I think it'll Very be good. a... I don't have any worries about us at home. We seem to play with a confidence and a, and, and a, um, a, a relaxed... Uh, arrogance at home that we don't play away. I think our, you know, our, our record so far, you know, sort of nine, nine wins is is you know speaks for itself really. And I think that we will go and start to build the kind of momentum that we had before Christmas. So no problems for me. Three nil, and um, I think that's where we're gonna we're gonna draw a line under this week's podcast. Um, we'll be back on Monday, hopefully backing up those uh, bold claims that we've just made. Thanks very much for coming in, Jeff. <laughs> Thank you, pleasure. Thanks a lot, Kerry. Pleasure. And we'll see you all soon. Bye. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.